Welcome to Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman, two badass business rebels serving up one steaming pile of bullshit a week so you don't fall face first into it. So last week we had a conversation about, I guess we could call them fraudulent coaches, but they're not, they're just inexperienced coaches that maybe should be coaching, you know, at their level instead of above. Yeah. You know, I got some interesting feedback from some other industries. We talked a lot about the coaching industry, like business coaches and life coaches, but it was interesting. Some of the feedback that I got, some of the messages I got were from like health coaches and people in some other types of coaching feeling like there's a lot of people who wake up one day and they're like, today I'm a fitness coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that really resonates. Finance too. A lot of finance. people talking about finance and, you know, FINRA and all that stuff. If you're actually licensed, you can't talk about it online. So that's an yeah. interesting thing too. Yeah. It was really interesting. Some of the responses that we got, but I also think that, you know, one of the things that might have happened if you listened to the podcast last time is that you might have found yourself questioning whether you're prepared, whether you're coaching the right people, whether you are providing services that you're actually qualified to provide. And so AKA imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. So I feel like that's an important topic. I feel like the BS about imposter syndrome is real. And we need to talk about how we overcome that, what that looks like and how, you know, if you have imposter syndrome or if you're inexperienced. Right. Well, and the BS in our own heads, I think, you know, the bullshit that we all carry around in our heads, especially I think if we act out of integrity, basically, if you have imposter syndrome, it means you're a good human in my book, because it means that you question your abilities and that you question what you're good at. And you're constantly evaluating if there's something else you can learn. And I think that people who are self-absorbed and narcissistic and are only out to make money and don't care about other humans, I don't think they sit around and think through all the things that I know that I do and and many other amazing humans on this planet do because they are too self-absorbed to care. Right. Well, I also think imposter syndrome comes up, particularly if you are a coach or a service provider or an agency owner, you're in the middle of providing services and someone questions something that you're doing or asks about something, or if you've made a mistake, because we all make mistakes, people make mistakes, right? And mm-hmm. so if you or your team member has made a mistake and then your client calls you out on it, I feel like that sometimes sets us back and makes us think, oh my gosh, am I, do I know what I'm doing? Right. <laughs> And the reality is, is that everybody makes mistakes. Every single person out there makes mistakes. And that doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing or that you're not good at what you're doing. It just not, might not, it, like it, it means you're not, a human. Yeah. It means you're no human. Welcome. Perfect. Welcome to humanity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even your doctor is not perfect. I mean, let's be honest. No one, no one is perfect all the time. And I think as an agency owner, you know, my job as a CEO is always to take the fall. And I've had to do that before because someone on my team messed something up and I'm not going to roll them under the bus. You know, I'm not going to say it was completely their fault. And I had no idea because it's kind of like that old thing of the captain goes down with the ship. That's that's your job as a CEO is to take responsibility because you are in that position. 
Yes, absolutely. And I agree with that. And I've taken responsibility many times. I mean, not that we make many mistakes, but you know what I'm saying is like, well, when yeah, it happen, that's just what you do. And then we all move on and it's okay because it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not be perfect in everything you do. And that still doesn't make you an imposter just because someone asked you a question. And also just because someone questions something or doesn't understand something doesn't make you wrong. Right. I, I think that that's a huge thing too with imposter syndrome is I think it's easy in this day and age to feel like an imposter because it seems like the only thing talked about, which we covered this in a past episode is money, money wins. It's not so much about talking about success of clients, success of, you know, as an agency owner of growing someone's following slash, you know, increasing their revenue or, or booking them out. You know, my agency helps with medical professionals. So it's hard when you're an agency owner or a service provider competing against the money wins of these coaches, because that seems to be all they talk about is their lifestyle and their revenue. But what does that translate to as far as success for their clients? And, you know, there will always be a good story that someone will celebrate over and over. But I think, you know, for imposter syndrome for yourself, you need to keep a running record of what you've done. That's amazing. And that, you know, for a fact is because of your brilliance. Right. I think that it's really important to think about also when all the messages that someone is posting are about the money that they've made. And when they're not talking about success, I can go out there and put together a beautiful sales page and compelling copy today and sell you air. Mm -hmm. And I might have a bunch of people buy it. And then I have to deliver on the other side. And I could go out and make a ton of money and show you my bank account or go buy something and then show you how much that's worth. But at the end of the day, that if that doesn't generate success for someone else, or if the business itself isn't successful, it, it's not sustainable one. And two, it's not real. Also, it's real easy for me to talk about if I wanted to, to go out there and post a picture, I can go to the car dealership and I can take a picture of myself sitting in a fancy car, or mm -hmm. I can go to the you know, airport and take a picture of myself in front of a plane, you know, whatever. But yeah. the, the real thing is that I can put that out there and make you believe that that is my success because I'm only talking about me and who's going to dispute it. Nobody else knows whether it's real, whether it's fake, who knows, right? There's right. no way to dispute that. But if I'm not posting about the success of my clients, if I'm not out there talking about the success that we generated or the success of ourselves, right? Not right. just the money that I made, but the success of results created. Results created is the big thing. Or let's say that you're not in the coaching industry. Let's say that you're a carpet cleaner. Then I better see some before and after carpet. Right. right. Plastic surgeon, you know, Botox injector, lip fillers, no matter what you do, eyelash extensions, hairstylist, they're showing you what they do. It seems like those industries are always kind of doing the before and after. And what I see happening in the high ticket coaching world is just a bunch of, you know, bullshit of patting each other on the back and, and it's money. It always boils down to money. And I'm, I'm seeing this and I think it's because I'm talking about it across socials for me. And I think people, 
I don't know, are saying, you know, starting to kind of judge me and say that I am jealous of other people and their, and their money, because I've seen some things posted recently and that's not it at all, because the truth is nobody knows what I'm worth, what my net worth is and everything. So how do you know I'm jealous? I'm calling out the bullshit that we all need to feel like inferior because we're not talking about the money wins because a lot of people don't want to talk about money all the time. And maybe they can't because they're in the middle of a divorce or something like that. It's just not appropriate to put it all over the internet all the time. So I think that's what's frustrating is, you know, when you start to rock the boat, some people get mad and they start saying things that are almost attacks on I don't know about you, Amy, but I'm seeing it. And so it, it does feel a bit of an attack and it, it's like I'm being judged because I refuse to buy into it. And I don't think that that makes me jealous. I don't, because that's not it. I want everybody to win, honestly. Like I'm all about building people up, but I think that it's, there's a problem in the industry because we can't verify this money wins. And when everything's always about money, we negate all the other things that make life great. You know, like we've talked about before in podcasts, freedom and other things besides what the calculator screenshot says. Right. And I don't think it's a compelling argument. How much money you were capable of making is not necessarily representative of how much money that I might make, or if I'm going to drive this car or that car, if I'm going to go on a private plane or not a private plane, or if I only fly first class, like it's, it's not a compelling argument. It's not, it's not one of the, of the principles of persuasion when it comes to writing sales copy. And when it comes to really moving the needle on your own business, there has to be more substance than that. And, and at the same time, you know, when we look at, at things like before and afters, for example, I think I've told this story before where I had a client come to me that was for the, our agency who was wanting marketing services and they're a plastic surgeon. And when they were like, here's all of our assets, it was before and after pictures, but they were a plastic surgeon for women. And the pictures I couldn't use on social media, not because there's anything wrong with that, but you can't, you can't put naked people on your social media with their before <laughs> and afters, no matter how beautiful it is and no matter how great the work is. And so we have to be creative and we have right. to other ways of, of using that and find the, you know, the, the testimonials in words can work and client success in words can work as opposed. So I think that we just, sometimes we have to be creative. I think sometimes that can be hard when we're looking at our industry and when we're, you know, trying to go out there and get these testimonials or. Or, you know, sometimes when you work with certain clients, they don't want to tell other people that they were working with you. So you end up with these like anonymous quotes. All of this makes it hard to market yourself. And so then what do you do? You're like, well, I'll talk about how much money I made. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like yep, full yep. circle around. And it's just not a compelling argument for why I should choose to work with you or hire you or hire your company. Well, and it leads to imposter syndrome, especially for those of us who don't want to talk about it. I yeah. feel like it really bubbles up because, you know, imposter syndrome is thinking that you don't have the skills necessary or that someone's going to figure out that you're a fraud. And the truth of the matter is, if you can keep a running journal of your successes, you know, who have you worked with and what was the outcome? not just their money win, but how was their relationship changed? How was their confidence improved? How was their mindset better where they weren't, they weren't an imposter syndrome all the time. Cause I really feel like 
you know, there's business coaching, there's mindset coaching, there's health coaching, there's fitness, there's, there's all sorts of things. I think I saw that there's something called a rest coach now. I mean, apparently you can coach on anything. I'm going to be a Netflix coach. I think Amy actually said that. So I stole it from her, but you know, (laughs) the point is if you are really doing good work with integrity, having imposter syndrome is just your head telling you that you're not good enough, but deep in your body, you know, that you are. And I read an article with the New York times that seven out of 10 professionals suffer or have suffered from imposter syndrome. So I think it goes a lot back to mindset. And I do think that me personally, I suffer more from imposter syndrome whenever I try to do things that aren't aligned with my core values. And I start acting out of integrity for me, it, it really, you know, seems to come up more. And I think it kind of goes back to, are you living in integrity and are you doing the things and are you speaking your truth? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like when you are the imposter syndrome, you know, bullhorn is, is not going off as loud. I agree. I think too, that there's a difference. There's a very big difference between imposter syndrome and actually not having the experience, which Crystal said it a couple of times, keep a running tally of your successes. So every day, if you can write down something that you're really proud that you did or that you accomplished or something that you're excited that you were able to help a client do, or, you know, if you're cleaning carpets, if you can post a picture of that, you know, the, the amazing work that you did, those kinds of things. I think keeping a tab on your success is awesome. And I also think there's something really powerful in keeping a, a tally on when you have failed. Not that I think you should be cutting yourself down all the time, but I once listened to a podcast where they were talking about the idea of instead of keeping a resume of all of the things that you've accomplished and the jobs that you've had, and then you know how like on your resume, you'll list, I had this job and here's all my success. Well, mm-hmm. what if you kept a resume where it was like, I had this job and here's all the ways I failed. And it's not to cut yourself down, but it's to realize what you learned and that every single time that you fail, you get back up and you try again and you learn something from it. And that learning, that Mm -hmm. opportunity to learn is what makes you not an imposter because (laughs) you've done it. You've tried it. You launched a business and it failed. You Mm -hmm. did, you know, you tried something new and it didn't work out. But Mm -hmm. that's what makes you not an imposter because you've tried it. You've been there. You've done that. Well, yeah. I mean, we all ever, anybody ever watched Sneaky Pete? He's like the amazing con artist who could just be a chameleon and fit in and do anything. I mean, inventing Anna is a great example. Like those are imposters. But two, I think people who have a natural genius and gift and when they're in alignment using that gift and it can feel really easy to them that sometimes it comes up there because it's like, well, it's so easy. I'm not struggling because we have this bullshit about work having to be hard and things we've covered on this podcast before. So when it's really easy too, we discount it and we think, oh, we're just like faking it. And the truth is sometimes when you're in that flow and you, you figure out your genius and it's really easy for you, that that's what you're good at. And, you know, Sometimes my husband says what I'm good at is talking and eating. So (laughs) you're definitely not an imposter in those things. (laughs) And those things, I'm not an imposter because I mean, I make a living being a speaker and running an agency, which is a lot of talking and podcasting, which is talking. 
So, I mean, you know, everybody's got a unique genius and they've got something to add to the world. And when you're worried about your imposter syndrome, keeping you down, you're not sharing it. And this podcast goes back to, we really want people to believe in themselves more and to let go of the BS in the world. So, you know, realize you're in good company with people who have imposter syndrome. I mean, seven out of 10, if that doesn't tell you something. Right. And just because you're inexperienced and you're doing something you're doing something new or you're sharing something that you've accomplished and you want to share it with someone who hasn't accomplished that, that doesn't make you an imposter because you've never taught it before. See, there's a difference between I've never taught someone before and I've never done it before. So I've never done it before is inexperience and I've never taught it before is where our imposter syndrome creeps up because it's not like I've never shown someone else that I can do this. I've never been open about this. I've never told the world that I'm capable, but so there's a big, there's a difference. If you've done it, whether you were successful or you failed at it, having done it is the experience that you need to be able to go out there and share your genius with the world and your passion with the world. And that's really what it boils down to is have you done it and not even have you done it and were you successful? Cause you can have done it and failed. And then you can talk about all the ways that you, everything you learned from that and how you turn things around and right. turn it into a success. And that's not you being an imposter either. Yes, I agree. Because if you failed, I mean, I've launched businesses that made money, but not as much money as others. And and I've recorded, you know, courses with with video production that was paid for and uh, distributed. So lots of different things, some of them more successful than others. But the beauty of being a serial entrepreneur is I have a lot of lessons that I can talk about. And regarding a lot of industries or forms of delivery or things like that. And used to, you know, I thought of those failures, quote failures, because there's a couple things I've, I've done that didn't really take off, but I learned so much. So it just adds into your little tool bag of what could you do differently. And now looking back, some of those things that I've done, if I, you know, took the lessons I've learned, plus the knowledge I have now, they would be successful. I just moved on to things that I like more. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also acknowledging when moving on was because you wanted to not because you failed at something. You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm right now in the process of shifting a little bit the focus of, of my agency, for several reasons, there's many reasons there, but it has nothing to do with failure. The, the business has is and has been a success and will continue growing, but I would like for it to grow in a different direction based on my own preferences and also based on the big vision that I have for the company. And so that's not a shift because of a failure. It's a shift because of a decision that I made. And can we continue going in the direction that we're going? Sure. And maybe people are going to question, why are we making that? Why is this business shifting? Why are we going in this direction? I don't really care what anyone else thinks about it because (laughs) at the end of the day, I know that this is right for myself, for my team, for the growth of this business, for the ultimate vision and the mission that I have for it. And will that make some people question what we're doing? Yes. Is that a dangerous place to end up in imposter syndrome with people going, what the heck are you doing? And that could make me question the direction that I, as a CEO, am leading this in. Could there be employees who are like, what in the heck are you what doing? What are we doing? What are we Where doing? Yes. That, 
that is like the perfect scenario and the perfect storm for me to feel imposter syndrome and backtrack and go back to what I know has been working. That's why people stay in businesses and continue running businesses that they don't like anymore because it's the devil we know versus the devil we don't. And all of that, you know, does start to bring up, you know, feelings of inadequacy, imposter syndrome and things like that, because, well, it just, it's hard. It's hard to take a ship and turn it a different way, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when, when, when the business is making money and doing really well you know, people will always question, well, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Uh, you haven't hit an iceberg. Make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't hit an iceberg. It is not going down. What in the heck are you changing its direction? Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's because the direction we were heading got boring. <laughs> it's not leading to my ultimate vision. We're not going to the right place in the world. And I would like to go to a different place. And you know, that, that in and of itself happens on large scales and on small scales in everyone's business. And we get in our own head thinking people are going to think I wasn't good enough to do this. What makes them, what makes me think that they think I'm going to be able to do that, you know, and that, Amen. that's a really perfect, good point. It's a perfect scenario for you to start questioning yourself. And so if you do decide I'm doing something totally different, first of all, yay, good for you for standing in your own power and feeling your own intuition. So yay for you. And Mm -hmm. second of all, don't let anyone else get in your head because you know where you're going and don't get in your own head because that's what, that's where it starts, right? Like we, we already have feelings of, are we making the right decision? And then everybody and their mom is like, well, why are you doing that? I don't understand, you know, and they start questioning and then we start questioning even more. But the truth of the matter is, you know, deep down, whether something is kind of in alignment for you. And I think too, we need permission to evolve. You're not going to do the same thing that you thought you wanted to do five years ago, because every kind of rendition of your business and every evolution of your business gets you closer to your ultimate mission and vision and goal. And no one's ever taken a direct path. That is a bullshit ideology that you just think up an idea and that's what you do until you die and it makes you multiple million dollars. Right. The first program you develop is probably not the last one. The first service you provide is probably not the last one. And the first service may sell really well, or it may totally tank. And it doesn't really matter which one happens. Keep going, you know, keep trying. Mm -hmm. But here's another thing. So we're talking about imposter syndrome right now from a place of successful business shifting. And so then the questions come up and then that creates that scenario. But there's another scenario that happens pretty often, which is the first time you start a business and you believe that you have this knowledge, you, you have this passion, you have this idea of what you want to do and you go to get ready to do it. And then you think I need more education. And then you get yourself in this cycle of, I have to keep educating myself. I have to keep learning. I have to buy everybody's program. I have to go buy all the $27 things and all the thousand dollar things and all the $10,000 things. And I need an even more expensive coach to teach me how to do this. Yep. And you're long there. We've all been there. We've all been been on this cycle. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a dangerous cycle that imposter syndrome creates to where you never get out there and share your genius because you are so busy learning. There's also a lot of coaches who take advantage of this. You will fail without me. You will fail without my course. You need to buy more of my thing before you do it because I am the answer. And so you have to be really careful of that too. 
not letting your imposter syndrome paralyze you from taking action. Because to be honest, life is the best teacher. You can take as many courses as you want, but until you implement and start moving forward and, you know, exchanging money and providing deliverables or coaching people and getting feedback, you're just sitting there doing nothing and you aren't learning because you learn through action. Absolutely. I think it was Marie Forleo that said clarity comes from act from taking action, not from thinking about it. Yes. You don't gain clarity from sitting around without the experience of giving it a try. You don't gain clarity. It's just like I said, you have to fail sometimes and you have to win sometimes to have the clarity of where you're headed. You have to have done it for a while and, and seen what it's going to look like in the end to go, oh, I think I need to shift this. We're not going in the right direction, right? You have to try things and put them out there and you have to take imperfect action in order to actually achieve what you want, or you're never going to get anywhere if you just sit around in a room and think about it for a while. Yes. And, and you can get yourself in those cycles and they become very depressive and frustrating. And those are the times you'll go surf job boards and say, I'm just going to go back to work because I don't know. But what's funny is if you'll really look at yourself and call your own bullshit, you're not taking action. What you're spending all your time doing is avoiding the action that needs to be taken to figure out and get the clarity. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that is called procrastination. (laughs) And those of us with ADHD know this very well. (laughs) I have said it many times. And if you were to go back and scroll my Facebook, you would find it. I have this graphic that I've shared a lot of times because it comes up in my memories, you know, and it's like I put the pro in procrastination. Me too. Like we can find all different kinds of ways to procrastinate and procrastination can also look like busy work. Like I'll just sit over here and do all the busy things I need to do. I'm going to take another course. I need to learn one more thing. I'm just not great at it yet. I need to be the best. I need to be the best. You're never going to be the best if you don't get out there and try no matter what your business is. Well, and there's always going to be someone, but you know, better than you. I mean, it kind of goes back to, I remember being a kid and, you know, my, my dad always saying, there's always going to be a bigger person out there that, you know, can beat you up or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter if you worked out your whole life, especially for men, you know, there's always going to be somebody bigger. There's always going to be someone that's farther along in the game that's ahead of you. And what you can do is use them as inspiration and a mentor instead of using them as the reason why you can't do it. That's the worst thing to do is to put people on a pedestal and go, well, I'm not that person. So I can't do this. Well, there's different levels to everybody. So get out of your own head and start taking action. Cause there is, there's somebody you can serve doing something that lights you up, that you're, that you are good at. And the truth is everybody's good at something. Yes, absolutely. And you have experience doing something, whether you've done that as a business or not, maybe you've done it just as a hobby for a while, or maybe you've been helping a lot of people with that. And people keep asking you for that thing, then just do it, put it out there. And so this is where it's not that you don't have experience Again, you have experience in doing the thing. You just don't have experience in running it as a business or in teaching it or in whatever. Those are two completely different things. And so if you know that you know something, if you're passionate about something and you know you absolutely know that you have the experience to put it out there and to help other human being, beings get results, results, 
(laughs) then go for it, put it out there and don't stand in your own way. Don't let your brain stop you because your brain will tell you mean things. We are fear where your brain's primary function guys is survival. So Mm -hmm. if it seems like it's something that might cause you discomfort or that's scary, your brain's going to keep you paralyzed with all these thoughts of you're not good enough. You don't know enough. Take another course, you know, buy the $27 offer that's, you know, questionable at best at providing any value and keep yourself doing that. And the truth is you just got to keep serving people and you don't even have to charge money at first. If you're just trying to get your feet wet, just, you know, gather two people and say, I want to run this by you. I've got something I'm working on. And then you, you know, you start charging money because I don't want people to think that, you know, you can't make a living doing what you love because you can. And our caution has always been the people who genuinely just want to make money and they don't care about ultimately delivering something of value and changing other people's lives. If your mission is to change other people's lives and you live out of integrity, just do the thing. Yeah. Do the thing and the money will follow and don't focus your marketing on the money that you make. Focus your marketing on the results that you create and more money will follow. And if everybody in the world thinks that you don't make enough money, so they don't pitch you anything, it's a great place to be. It's a wonderful place to be. Actually, you know, what's funny is more people might agree with this whole, you know, money thing than is what is it squeaky wheel gets the oil or whatever, you know, that whole thing. So we kind of, we think it's normal because it's all we see, but let's just take my Facebook post yesterday. For example, I just posted that 61% of the most wealthy Americans drive a Toyota, a Honda or a Ford. It is, it's like the most blowing up Facebook post. I mean, there, what did we say? 42 comments on that. And I mean, it's just constant back and forth on there. Because I think it got people to questioning and it also got a conversation going about, you know, the posers versus the very rich people in this world. And I think that that's what's missing is the real honest conversations about money and wealth and investing. And I am all about women making more money than they've ever made and building wealth and, you know, having nice things and all of that. But I've also seen people like caught taking pictures in front of Lambos that aren't theirs. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. And I think that also we create or we live in a lot of imposter syndrome by spending too much time in our newsfeed, looking at whatever somebody's posted about their latest and greatest thing, their latest, you know, purchase, their latest trip, their latest, whatever it is, you know, and I think that we can live in imposter syndrome and prevent ourselves from moving forward just by spending time on Facebook. All you have to do is scroll your Facebook and you'll guilty, guilty as charged, even though we're (laughs) sitting here talking about it, because to be honest, we all teach what we need. I spend a lot of time as a, you know, as an agency owner and, and stuff talking on the socials. And I mean, it gets ridiculous, like the pictures of the walkthrough of houses and stuff. And I was just talking about this with a friend is I call it house porn because nobody's house looks like that. I mean, the Pottery Bar magazine is a magazine for a reason. And all those reels and walkthroughs and stuff, just if they would just turn more to the left, you would see that everything they own is shoved in a corner to make it look like that. Right. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, that's something that if you are an agency owner, or if you're doing social media marketing, or anything like that, it's your job to spend time on these platforms. And we do like, we spend a lot of time on these platforms. And it is your job to see what people are posting, what kinds of ads you're seeing, what mm -hmm. kinds of things are going on the trends. It's important that you're spending time out there. That's part of your job. And yet, as part of your job, you have to se separate yourself from what you're seeing and just see this as a job. Because if you get yourself stuck in that cycle of this is all I see that everybody's posting, and then comes the comparison, oh. comparison is also the place where we end up creating imposter syndrome for ourselves. Absolutely. So, so, you know, just to kind of wrap up the bullshit of imposter syndrome, which is self-created and self-imposed, you know, if there's a few tips that we can give you, it's keep a list of everything amazing that you do and every amazing result on a daily basis. Don't sit down and try to remember what happened last week. Like write it down today. Keep a list of your failures too, because that's experience as well separate yourself from whatever you're seeing on social media because it's not real and stop comparing yourself with other people and stop procrastinating by taking more courses know what you need to do and do it exactly let go of perfectionism too that's another really great tip for imposter syndrome is kind of that you know being paralyzed and celebrate your successes also acknowledge your you know, your fail quote unquote, I'm going to put them in quotes because they're not failures. They're something that you learned, but, you know, acknowledging that and, and really looking at the facts, like evaluate your life and your mental health and your wins and, and quote failures, like you're doing research, you know, what are the facts of this? You're mm -hmm. not actually an imposter. Yeah. It's a person with a heart who cares whether or not you're actually helping and serving others. And sometimes whenever things start, especially going our way, we start thinking, oh my God, everybody's going to find out. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's a really good point is that if you are feeling imposter syndrome, you're probably doing something right. And you probably know more than you think you do because you are worried genuinely that you are putting real things into the world that are going to get real results and you're, you don't want to sell air. You actually care about honoring and respecting your clients and, and customers. And at the end of the day, that's what really matters. That's it. That's all that matters. One of the ways that we can keep ourselves from imposter syndrome, join us inside of the no bull club where you can be amongst other uh, entrepreneurs who are also not always certain about themselves and who also sometimes question themselves and who also sometimes need encouragement and who are also ready to give encouragement when needed. So come hang out with us. We have additional content for you over there on that platform. And we also have one night every month where you get to bring your own bullshit and we get to discuss it. It's a BYOB night. A BYOB. And we also encourage if you'd like to, to bring your own beer or beverage and your own bullshit. And we will yep. discuss. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show. And we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you in the next episode.